you're listening to the Worcester Observer Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Hello and welcome to the Worcester Observer Podcast. I'm your host, Rob George, joined by my regular podcast partner, Claire Bullivant. Claire, it's... Cloudy Wednesday morning, but, it but is, it's, but it's warmer now. It's warm. I, I definitely feel spring is in the air already. Yes, I know already. it's only January, but... Um... It's climate change for you, that is. <laughs> We're going to take you through, as we do, the regular the stories that you are going to see on worcesterobserver.co.uk and in the paper format, and as well on Instagram. A hello to everyone following us on Instagram, as I learned that that is our most popular social media output. Not quite. Is it not? No, Facebook is still just ahead. <gasps> so, Facebook um, is just yeah. ahead. What were you don't know is that we've had a little side bet of who's got the most followers so I've actually done that to make Claire say that Facebook <laughs> is actually... Well you're, you're in control of Facebook and I'm in control of Instagram so everyone out there who's it's on Instagram please please join us and follow us on Instagram. And if you're there on <laughs> Facebook you know what to do. Uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start with the great news the absolutely fantastic news that for the first time since his diagnosis in December 2018 Oscar Saxelby Lee is cancer free. This is amazing. It is terrific. All your money that you raised has worked. Oh, I be, I just I read it the other day. I think you put something on the website yeah. and I I literally just did a happy little dance <laughs> at my desk because it's been such a big story that we've obviously it been has. following right from the beginning and it's just all the fundraising and support that he's had and it's finally worked you it's know worked. it's just I mean, amazing it's staggering that he's only the second child in the world to get this treatment oh wow that is how this is why it costs so much money he's literally groundbreaking let's try it but hopefully the more they do it as well the more it will be sort of rolled out across well, the world yeah, they'll and learn i mean yeah. they'll learn he he's it was never offered for his strain of the uh, leukemia T-cell. It was only ever B-cell patients that got this CART therapy mm. or CART therapy. I haven't distinguished what you're supposed to call it. It's C-A-R-T. Right. So I will call it C-A-R-T, but I've heard it described as CART. So mm. um, he's. it was only offered for B-cell. It's never been offered for T-cell, but now it's worked with T-cell. It's fantastic news. He could Just... be a pioneer. He could be a pioneer anyway. He could be actually showing that it works with T-cell patients as well. Amazing. So do we know how long he's staying in Singapore? Will he be able to come home soon? That's the hope. Um, he needs a bone marrow transplant because, understandably, if you've gone through leukaemia or any sort of cancer, his bone marrow has been battered mm. to within an inch of its life. So he needs a bone marrow transplant to start that off again and get that healthy. But, I mean, there is an estimation they could be home Within a week. Oh my! It just makes me feel cry with happiness because yes. I just can't imagine how his parents must feel. I mean, I'm sure they never gave up hope, but with these things, you just because it's so unknown, isn't it? Especially with medical procedures, Definitely. you just don't know what. Absolutely. Oh, they must have just been through hell, but they're through it. They're out the other side, and well, we just, I, ha- we, I have to praise Olivia Saxelby, his mom. You know, she's she's lived the experience, not for attention seeking or anything, but almost used Facebook and the hand-in-hand for Oscar Page as a cathartic way of sort of getting the feelings out and reaching out and is there anyone else out there apart from her and Jamie, Mm. her partner? And there was a picture of, um, if you go on um, hand-in-hand for Oscar, the Facebook page, there is a picture of Jamie looking really sort of downcast. Jamie's the dad. The dad, yeah. Mm. Um, Sort of bent over a fence, sort of with the weight of the world on. 
And I felt completely... I've never met them, never, never met them, never spoken to them. But you felt for them completely. It was just like, you're right, they must have been through. Well, I just know when my dad was going through, you know, he was in a coma and had so many different operations and we were told he'd die and had to come in. You know, we got called in several times in the middle of the night to come and say goodbye to him. And do you know what's worse than anything is just being powerless? Yeah. Because... You know, and that's with my dad, who's, you know, had an amazing life already. And I think, I can't even imagine what it goes, what it's like with the child. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm not going to go too far into the thought process because I will cry. Mm. I won't cry with happiness. Mm. Um, I I must point out my dad's fine. He got through it. Yes, he's absolutely fine. (laughs) Yeah, he got through it. But it was just... He was with us last week listening into the podcast, so... But it was just the hardest thing in the world. And, yeah, for a child... I get the powerlessness, Yeah, yeah, it's... You know, um, parents of young children will know this. You know, your child often has to have grommets and put in and glue ear taken care of. It's it's a common thing amongst mm. uh, youngsters. And last year we had that with our son. And there is that sort of... I mean, these people, they know what they're doing. Mm. These surgeons, consultants, anaesthetists, they all know what they're doing. They're at the top of their job because basically if they fail at their job, mm. they don't have the job. And yet there's still this sort of... Well, there's always a I risk. I can't do it. Yeah, there's always a I risk with anaesthetics, anaesthetics you, aren't there? You're and, handing your child yeah. over and say, right, do things. I know. And it's I, like, but I don't want you to do things. I have to protect him. And often you are the family just sat in that room, just waiting. It's just a waiting <laughs> game, isn't it? And you're often just there and there's magazines and you're flicking through them, trying to, but you're not looking no. at the pictures. You're not no, reading anything. You're not oh, taking anything yeah. in. It's just um, awful. It's the most horrible thing. Yeah. But... How fantastic. These, fantastic. these success stories just make us all, it give is, us all hope. It's brilliant. And I only hope now, uh, well, or two hopes. One, the bone marrow transplant goes so well that he can come home to Worcester and we can get him to, to back to a normal life as soon as medically possible because obviously we don't want to put anything at risk. And hopefully he can get in with his friends at Pitmaston Primary School. It's, I think it's important I mentioned Pitmaston Primary School because they've been wonderful throughout it as well. And secondly, hopefully now this leukaemia will get the message and not come back. We can't wait to have you home, Oscar. No, definitely. Um, just wonderful. And another, actually just a quick one, uh, Dr. Jen Kelly as well, great from the Grace Kelly Childhood Cancer Trust, a word for them as well. They work with the family on the fundraising, so they deserve a lot of praise as well. Do visit their website, type Grace Kelly Childhood Cancer Trust into And I Google. remember you saying that they're still fundraising because they're still raising funds for other children yeah, who have yep. this... This Childhood Cancer this, Trust yeah. set up in memory of Jen's daughter, Grace, who sadly died. It funds research into childhood cancer. So do visit them, Child Grace Kelly Childhood Cancer Trust. Search for it on a search engine, you'll find it. I haven't got the address to hand. Mm. Um, but do search for it and find out the work they've done. It's a wonderful charity that's well supported in the city, I think, and the last last Worcester City run in September raised money for um, the trust as well. So it's a wonderful charity doing wonderful things. And yes, Oscar, let's hope you're home sooner rather than later. Um, I'm started 2020 with a number of positive things, but the positive news keeps coming. Oh, good. So I'm going to keep going. Um, if you were out in Worcester last Thursday night and um, saw a lot of lights... It weren't the streetlights going wonky. It was the Worcester, Light Night Worcester Festival. 
Do you know, I, I missed it. I'm gutted. I wasn't in Worcester um, for those few days. But gosh, our social media lit up yep. itself because everyone <laughs> was sending us photos and it looked absolutely incredible. There are some incredible. terrific pictures. Do get online, worcesterobserver.co.uk. There are some terrific pictures. My favourite is the gentleman with the telly on his head. Oh, I'll yeah. Leave it at, I will leave it at that. You need to go online to find out more. But the, genuinely, there's a gentleman with a telly on his head. That reminds me of like... Um, is it the video kill the radio star yeah. video? That, I think there's. I know what you're yeah. on about. I'm not. <laughs> That's a great picture. What, uh, what but a costume! Terrific, and there's one on the front page of the paper, which will also feature online as well, of the spark exclamation mark. I don't know. If I'm supposed to shout that and say spark or spark exclamation mark. Either way, I've done the branding. Um, they were entertaining people on the high street. Uh, just wonderful colours, use of light on a very, very bleak and sort of wet night. And what, what, what are Spark drummers? They're drummers, yes. Ooh, a band. Uh, but they're lit up in like aqua. Aqua, that's a good word to get yeah, in. Yeah, by the photo thing. on the front page of this week's paper, they've got something weird on their heads as they've well. They've got something weird yeah. on their heads. It looks very cool though. Um, it's the first of four festivals, and because I got criticised for not mentioning the other festivals, but you must understand that when we're promoting one festival, we're promoting that one. We'll mention the other three. We'll mention that this is the first of four, but all our efforts will go into promoting that first one, just as when we get to the second one, we'll mention very little about the first one, but we'll do a lot. But that's how we, sort, that's how we promote it. Uh, but if you do want to find out more about all of them, it's www.thearchesworcesterfestivals, that's all one word and all in lowercase, .co.uk. All the stuff's on there. I've been on there. All the details for the festivals coming up in April, July and October. Are they all light festivals then? They're not light festivals. Oh. This is light. Okay. And there's very different ones coming up. Oh, so there's a sort of a central company that arranges all these. Yeah, the Arches Festivals. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, what a great idea. So different... Celebration of the arts and culture in Worcester. So they're going to try and cover everything oh, in brilliant. one year. And if it's anything like this, well, the coverage is going to be... Uh, exceptional once again. Um, people we've had on in the past, Worcester Music Festival, it's that time of year again. There's a great picture on our website this morning as we record this on Wednesday if you want to go and see that as well. I'm all about the pictures at the moment. I don't know why. But organisers of the Worcester Music Festival, Festival, I've got to s- slow down a little bit. I'm talking way too fast. Uh, inviting artists to apply to perform at this year's event, which takes place between September the 11th and the 13th. So any musicians, you want to showcase your talent in the best city in the world? Okay, best city in Europe. Okay, best city in the UK. Best city in the world, best I think. Best city in the world, yeah. <laughs> uh, visit worcestermusicfestival.co.uk forward slash artist supply. Find out more on there. If you're a young musician, it's a great way. Worcester's brilliant, as we've said over and over again. Worcester's great for live music talent anyway. This would be another great talent to showcase your own uh, particular talents. I have, don't know. have you got any talents, Rob? Do you play any instruments or no, sing or no, dance? I sing in the shower badly. <laughs> um, that's what. But I can't. It doesn't rain if it. Um, I can't make it rain if I'm in the shower because it's already raining. Some in the shower, so I. <laughs> I'm very very bad on pretty much most things. <laughs> um, I have no. I don't. What do I have? Any talent? I can fix. I can fix. You're a fixer. Electronic devices. Oh, that's a I can talent. Have a good go. I wish I had that talent. But no, in terms of the arts, no, not very good with words. Writing, writing. That's well, your not talent. very good with words either. <laughs> You're very um, good with words. Don't listen to him, everyone. He's very good with words. 
Uh, where are we going next? Where do I want to go next? There was something. I, this is why I should do a Prime Minister's Questions thing and have little tabs on the pages that I want to go to next because we end up... Oh, but you know what? You love. You all love the sort of randomness of it all. Um, one thing I do want to steer in the direction I've found it... Um, is the website again because we're going to try we're going to try sticking videos on the website now because I've learned how to do it basically fantastic so it's another offering that you can have at worcesterobserver.co.uk but this will be a video of a staff member from Bishop Perone CE College performing at Bishop's Got Talent ooh all the all the staff students had a go we got a nice picture of some of the girls having a go is that girl is one of those the girl on the right in on page five was she on britain's got talent she looks really like you know the kids version i don't know i didn't oh, watch it she I looks could... really like one of the contestants who did very well oh. on that. and i know they were local so i'm not sure but oh, i don't um, know yeah i did but great, great Bishop's Got Talent. Did, do we know who the winner was? 20 or? acts from years 7 to 10 took part in the show with performances, get this, ranging from singing and tap dancing to comedy, magic, and a hard-fought rap battle between the staff. Not the kids, the staff. Amazing. I wish I, my school had done that. I know, I would have <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen my teachers back in the day rapping. Yes, a rap <laughs> battle as well. That's amazing. Um, but we've got a video very kindly provided to us by the school that's going to go online um, at some point. So do check that out as well because it, I've watched the video. Very, very good. Very good rap battle. I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't get on stage. Well, I could. I've compared a number of things. But... The seconds before you get on there, you're like, hmm, I'm very nervous. The moment you start speaking, fine. Well, do you know what I did last summer? I was doing um, another podcast with one of our other editors, the Bromsgrove yeah. Standard Editor. And he had a guest on, um, Theo in Bromsgrove, who does the comedy um, oh, workshop. Yes. It's like you have to go on a course. And I got signed up. And so I ended up doing this comedy, stand-up comedy workshop. And then at the end of it, I had to go on stage and present <sighs> my comedy routine. And honestly, Rob, I don't normally get that nervous because I've done lots of things like, mm. you know, podcasts and things yeah. like that. But... Oh, my goodness. I, my legs were jelly. My, I couldn't talk. It was just the the most scary thing I've ever done in my life. But I'm so happy I did it. You know, I wasn't great or anything. I just, <laughs> it's one of those things that, you know, I wasn't, I'm, I'm not a natural comedian, but it was just, I think you have to step outside your comfort zone sometimes, oh, though, don't definitely. you? And, um, yeah, you just got to give it a go. It's always marvel with me because my friend's a singer. Um, and he sung at the Albert Hall. He sung at arenas all over the world. Oh wow! And there was a sm- we used to run get-togethers for fans of um, the m- music of James Last, and he was part of the choir that was in that orchestra. So he used to come to the get-togethers run by my late godfather. Certain ones, not every single one. Hmm. And they were held in hotels and everything. Hmm. And like five minutes before he'd go on, he'd often leave the room. And one day, m- my dad and I were outside, and we were just like can't get why you get so nervous you've gone onto the stage at the albert hall and sung yeah he said yeah but you can't half the time you can't see a lot of the people because the lights well that was i actually liked that because i got on stage on the theater Mm. and it was just pitch black out there i couldn't see anyone no and it wasn't like the biggest theater i think we we sold like 70 tickets but it's still 70 people sitting there and i was still terrified but i actually liked not being able to see anyone i just had the lights blaring in my face so i thought right i just went kind of onto autopilot and just (laughs) did it pretending no one was there in a way but um i guess for some people they find that nerve-wracking but for me that was a help not seeing them i think we we were just we were just staggered just like you know, you've performed at all these arenas, and yet yeah. this sort of hotel ballroom, it's like, 
oh yeah, but they might. Not. I said they don't care. You know the fact that you're here. Yeah. You know star yeah. power. But it's just, I, I suppose, whatever makes people, uh, if it gets a better performance, if you get nervous. I'm not going to criticise people for being nervous. I've I've done it before. I've compared them like you. I've been like, um, um, but the moment you start speaking and you're into it. Yeah, well, yeah, you just. Um, you come off thinking, oh, what was I worried about? It went really, really well. Exactly. But now great stuff for Bishop Perone. Um Great school uh, in Worcester as well. Um, and more power to them for a fantastic Role. Now, if you want to delve into the age of the Georgians, hmm. that's not me and my family before anyone says anything. It's not a history about the Georges. <laughs> this is all about you, Rob. It's the Georgians, not the segment. Georges. We haven't, got a, we haven't got an exhibition yet, but God knows we could have one. Um, there's a great exhibition, Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, uh, at Worcester City Art Gallery and Museum. Fantastic. We've got some great pictures, some great costumes on there as well. And it's on for a... And it's on for the next few weeks. We sent Marcus, our photographer, down there. So do take a look. It's terrific pictures. A great step back in time. I love all the periods. That's my favourite favourite period as well. Those I love Georgian buildings. Yeah. I love those sort of pretty white, you know, yeah. with the big windows and everything. I, and the costume, the clothing. I would have loved to have lived during that time. I think, I think I'd have loved to have been a man in them time. But the some of the clothes the women were wearing, they were a bit constricted. Oh yeah, I think I, I would have had to have been a princess or something. So oh, yeah. I could well, have. Um, have yeah, been. I wouldn't have wanted to be one of the maids. I would have had to have the pretty dresses. Yes. But, You'd have been upstairs and not downstairs. I would, yeah, definitely. See, I'd have been in the scullery or something. <laughs> sorry, 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 my lord. <laughs> my lady. Oh, imagine if you had to call me my lady. I quite like the sound of that. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, you can impose that next week. <laughs> well, it, it'd have a different tinge to the podcast, I think, a little bit. Um, it's a great paper again this week, Rob. What, what's your editor's comment this week? I always look forward to your editor's comments. Well, I had a bit of a go at Sajid Javid. Did you? Not Sajid. Not Sajid. Um, I, I will caveat it now by saying I think he's a great Chancellor and I think he's a great MP. And if you meet him, um, what you'll see is what you get. There's no fact. There's nothing fake with mm. him. He's a very genuine politician and I love his backstory. Mm. I love, you know, son of an immigrant. Dad was a bus driver. Mum owned a clothes shop. And I, you know, I have no doubt Britain gave him the opportunity that he's got now, mm. and I don't begrudge him a thing. But what worried me is that in the Financial Times interview over the weekend is that he said there will be an impact on business one way or the other. Brexit. Some will benefit. Some won't. Mm. Now, I think that would have spooked a lot of businesses in Worcester and further afield, because. Brexit was this, well, it was going to be a great help for business. Mm. And I don't think it's helpful to say, well, some will benefit, some won't, because business broadly, you know, would be interested in a future beyond Brexit. And, uh, you know, what can the government put together and how would it change it? I think business wouldn't be as devout remain or as devout leave as we in the wider population are. Um, But... He insisted in the interview that they've had three years to prepare. Businesses, as, such as ours, actually, we, we've talked off the air. We haven't had three years to prepare because the certainty wasn't there until December the 13th. Yeah, I think um, perhaps he's meaning more with businesses that deal with Europe, exporting and importing yeah. from Europe, more than businesses like us or local estate... I know but, I know the local estate agents have massively been affected because yeah. we, we obviously our papers have a lot to do with our local estate agents and we have meetings and consortiums and some of them actually own shares, I think, in some of our papers or right. something. I don't know. But... Um, 
they have been massively effective. And for the first time in almost sort of three years, their market has started to grow again, yeah. which, which businesses like that, I think it's going to definitely help. But definitely people who are importing and exporting, there's, there must still be so much uncertainty. And how yeah. can you prepare for that? Because we still don't really know no. what's going to happen. And, but the, I, I take your point, but I, I think, I don't think any business from the very largest to the very, very smallest has been able to go, right, I'll put that plan in place because that's definitely happened. Because all the games and the political brinksmanship that was going on, um, he and, and he and his party were amongst that. There were times I've said that Boris could have chosen a simpler route and would have avoided it. He mm. chose, he rolled the dice dramatically and won big. Mm. He won big, don't get me wrong. Our departure was only rubber stamped on December the 12th. Because until that, had that been another hung parliament again, we'd be sitting here now going, oh, there's more political games in Westminster. They're trying to Can you imagine? I don't think any of us would have survived. I think all I would say is enough uh, to to speaking to the Tory party, and I mean this with sincerity and with actual love, enough of this bravado and this, because it's tiresome now, this sort of, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Grow up, accept your responsibilities to business and to the wider electorate. You know, I think we've moved now. To me, December the 12th was a significant shift in this country. It's certain, it rubber-stamped Brexit. It's going to happen. I say that as a Remainer. Do I want it to happen? No. I still believe my way is the better way. But do you know what? I applaud the fact we've now got the certainty. Mm. We've got an 80-seat majority... We've got a government that can go to Brussels quite reasonably now and say, right, here's what we want to achieve and we want to work with you to get close or near enough everything that we want because you can't mess about now because this government isn't changing. Hmm. Look at your political history. Governments with seat majorities like that, they don't lose the next time unless they absolutely catastrophically mess up. So the will should be there on the European Union side to actually go, yes, we will do a deal with you. But, and actually, I would extend it, and I'll be fair to say the brinksmanship and the bravado on both sides has got to go. Mm. We're leaving, but we actually want to be very, very close partners. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, want the business that's on our doorstep, just as you want the business that's on your doorstep. Mm. Grow up now. There's no point fighting the battle. The war's over. Yeah. Um no, I totally agree. I'm, I'm obviously. Gosh, we've spoken about it so many times <laughs> on the podcast. And when, when is Brexit going to just be over and done with? Because we see it always seems to come up. But um, yeah, I think I'm a big fan of Sajid. And again, like you, I love his backstory. I love mm, the thing. And, I do. And the thing that I've met him a couple of times now. And during the election, I had to cover a lot of the hustings mm, local hustings mm. so we had them in Bromsgrove yeah. and Redditch etc and I have to say out of everyone Sajid just blew my mind he was amazing yeah. because he knew ev- all the other politicians and they were we had a great selection locally of mm. politicians looking to get you know their place in parliament but Sajid really did blow me away because he knew every fact every figure without looking anything up oh the memory the memory of the man is he's terrific. obviously a genius because everyone else is having to look through and they were going yeah. through their notes because obviously you know the members of the audience were asking questions yeah Sajid just had everything at the tip of his fingers and knew it it was already in his brain and I was as a sort of journalist checking these figures he was he was 
spot right. on. Yeah. Spot on every time. So he obviously is a very clever man, but let's just wait and see now. I just don't see I just don't see the need for this bravado. Mm. You know, you've rolled the Boris Johnson rolled the dice. And he won hugely. He, he I probably, if you'd have asked him when he called the election, what he was hoping for, probably a 30, 40 seat majority. 80 was probably, wow. What sort of bravado do you mean, though? Just This sort of... And it does exist on both sides, I will be very fair. Sort of this, we're going to get to the deal, we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this, and if the EU say we are, then we'll... we'll have... see, see, do you not like that? I kind of like that. But maybe that's my kind of... I just think, no, you've got the... I, I liked it when the we were in a hung parliament because it said that it projected a message of strength. Mm. And it said it might be a hung parliament, but look, we know what we want to achieve. And do you really want to take the chance? You've got an 80-seat majority now. You are locked in for a, pretty much a decade. Because I, I don't see Brexit failing to the extent that the doom-mongers say it's going to fail. Will it have an impact? It could do, but I don't. I think it. I went very northern then, but it sounded like very Tyneside for some strange reason. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. I just. It needs to end on both sides. It's almost like a bitter divorce, where they still somehow think there'll be a reconciliation on both sides. Hmm. It's almost like the EU. There's things come out from the EU as well that like this that we're not going to do this. It's like well. You can't afford to play those games now. We have a majority conservative government. You can't say, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just keep them on the end. No, I can totally see the way you're looking at it, and I think that's the really nice way of looking at it. Maybe you're a much nicer person than me, because I'm thinking, <laughs> we have got the power now. We should yeah, be going. We, we should have. be being bravado. No. Um, what's, the, what's the adjective of the word bravado? We should be being the... I don't know. I don't know either. That's I'm just stunned there. Gosh. No, I, I, I just think rather than rather than this. Oh, we're going to do this, and if we don't get it, then we won't be afraid to walk away with the deal. Bullish. Maybe. Bullish. Bullish. Yeah. yeah. Be bullish the other way and say, right, we've got a con- we've got a solid majority. Brexit is going to be delivered. Go the other way and say, here's the our offer to you. Hmm. Make the comprehensive offer. Here's what we want. Can we, can we, do you want to meet us in the middle ground and shake hands? See, I, see, I do want them to be like, nope, you're not shipping, you're not fishing in our waters, you're not doing this, you're not doing but this. I think we can. Yeah, without being, bull- without being bullied, we can just talk up and say, right, what, what's the one thing they probably want? Free trade access. They don't want to be tariff. They don't. We buy a lot more German from them than they buy from us. companies don't want to be mm. having tariffs put on their stuff. Mm-hmm. So they want free trade. So Boris Johnson could be unconditional to say, number one, guarantee, zero tariff. Free trade, completely. We want a free trade deal with the EU. But, but, but for them, that would be better for them than it would be for us because they buy a lot more from us than we buy from them. So for our people, mm. it would be better to have some trade deals with India and America to get cars which are a lot cheaper than maybe Germany. Yeah. So so we need to be clever but about this. Open, we need to think but we're, we're open in the market. But we do need with to... these trade deals. We're opening our market. Yeah. If we say free trade to everybody, that means the market's huge. That's a much better thing, though. Yeah, it's exactly. Economy, it's a scale. So and... Don't be afraid of doing a zero trade with mm. uh, the EU. Don't 
don't be afraid doing it. Wise in the market. This is I'm coming round mm, to the for, for Britons on the street. It's going to yeah, mean more competition gonna... and better choice, and oh. prices come down. So sorry, I just I was in hospital yesterday uh, for an appointment, and I've just had a text message saying, "Would you rate? Would you fill this survey on how it went?" Oh, what were you in hospital for? I no, I needed right. my wisdom tooth removed oh, at gosh. the back, and uh, it's not. Because my roots grow underneath the other tooth, so like everything in my life, it's complicated. Um, so I need to have it surgically removed. It's only a general anaesthetic. It's not no local, local anaesthetic. Yeah. No, only a general <laughs> anaesthetic. I'll be asleep. Um, so I just had the appointment. Very nice, Alexandra Hospital. Very lovely. Just walked in. Boop, boop, boop. Like right, we'll get a letter in the post to you for. So if I sound different on one podcast, it is because I'll be nursing some sort of injury. Or having a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> what do you mean no one will know the difference? Um, but I just I, I just had enough of the bravado. It's just, we always just seem to be like wanting to get one up on the EU. We have got one up on the EU. We're leaving. Hmm. We're leaving. That is... Rob, I think the thing is, you're just a nice person. Yeah, a really I think nice I'm too person. nice. This is why I wouldn't. This is why <laughs> I fail in politics. And I'm obviously bullish. It's in the name, you see, bullivant. No, no, I, I, under, <laughs> I understand the need to be bullish because we want to get on the front foot. And I've always, I've always loved Britain when we've been proud of being British and we've got on the front foot. And I don't disagree with that. I just think it's politics with a small pig. And I just wonder if you can just say, right, stump the EU now and just say, right. Is everything and put a, the most generous package together we could. And then if they want to be difficult, then you can say, well, hang on, they're still trying to stop us to leave. Because then the public opinion, even Remainers like me, will turn around and go, no, no, come on, fair's fair. Hmm. We're leaving. We're leaving at the, you know, not, I was going to say this time next week, but we'll still be two days short, won't we? Because I can't work out. We are leaving. It is It is over. Or we could just say, right, we're going to do the total best of Britain. You lump it or leave it kind of thing. Yeah. Who knows? Who but knows? I, I'd, like, I'd, like to, I'd like to do a deal. Mm. Well, we're going to have a year. So on the 31st of December, of December we come out At theoretically, but that's when we start all the main negotiations. No, 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 no. So we're we out. Come out. We come out next Friday. Yeah, next we're Friday. Out. We're we, out. We have no MEPs sitting. We have no representation. But we've got a, de- a year. We've got the rest of this year self-imposed by our Prime Minister. Current current deals are still in place, like the tariffs and quotas yeah, and all those are still in place in for that over. year. So we've got a year to sort... Well, that's been imposed by the Prime Minister. He's setting a deadline of the 31st to complete it. It's ambitious, and don't get me wrong, all I would hope is, and I think I said this on the podcast last week, all I would hope is that if near, if it was 90% done, but wouldn't be finished by New Year's Eve, I would hope the Prime Minister would say, I'm going to just push it forward to March just to get it all finalised to ensure I've got the best deal for Britain because I think public opinion would be, we're out. So it wouldn't be delaying Brexit, it would be ensuring the best for deal. And I think a lot of Brexit voters and certainly a lot of defeated Remainers like me would actually applaud that, a Prime Minister just being careful and just making sure that the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed um, before he actually committed to us. But then we're out for good. 
Do you know what else is happening on January the 31st? No idea. I'm able to have a glass of wine. Woohoo! <laughs> I've done dry dra- January. Isn't it February the 1st? You... No, well, this is the thing. Oh. For Europe, I've had a deal with my dad. He's also done dry January. And so we're allowed to drink to toast Britain on Brexit night. Oh. But I said to my dad, I said, are we going to do it at like 11 o'clock at night? Is that when we were allowed to drink? Um, and he was like, no, by 11 o'clock at night, I ho- I'm hoping to be smashed by then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so apparently after about 7.30, that's our thing. Right. We're allowed to have a glass of wine or So it's two dry January. Until the very end. Until about yeah. 19.30. <laughs> exactly. Do, I mean, is that pure dry January? Oh, though? you've got to let me off a couple of hours. <laughs> it's been tough. Do you know, it hasn't been that tough apart from um, going out with my friends. Because I've been going out. I've had lots of friends who've had birthdays this month for some reason. Including me. Oh, yeah, including you. <laughs> and um, for some reason, I've never thought about it before. But I've, some of my friends I've never actually seen sober, I don't think. <laughs> because when I see them, it's all going out for all... Especially my old school friends. You know, when we all get together, we all have, have some wine. <laughs> I was the only sober one, I think, um, last weekend at least. Anyway, and it's it's a whole different experience, isn't it? It, it? it is. I've been I've been there when people have been drinking, and you're just like, I'll have a Coke. I know. Other soft drinks. Oh no, it's not a brand name. Um, oh, Coca Cola. I like Pepsi. There we go. Just for, <laughs> just an advert. Uh, there we can get away with murder on the, this. Um, yeah, I. I must admit, on my birthday, my my lovely wife Pam took me out and our son out for a meal on the Saturday. I had the biggest mixed grill you've ever seen. The talk about the the animals that suffered for my for my birthday were incredible. Um, but I had two pints of real ale then. But I didn't drink on Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday night. Oh wow, aren't you good? You're doing dry January. You're not even knowing no, about it. No, just simply it. forgot. It got to about 10 o'clock and I thought... See, that doesn't happen to me. (laughs) I don't just forget. It can to me at times, but make up for it this weekend. We've got two bottles of wine in the house, so they'll probably go. They might go tonight, to be honest. I don't know. (laughs) Or you could save one of them for me for the 31st. Um, oh, it sounds like you've got uh, you've got some sort of <laughs> cellar in stock already. Oh well, I'll be I... smashed by starting at half seven, and hopefully be smashed by eleven. Well, it's going to be. If, that I sounds be, like bet... the hard stuff's being whipped out quick. I, I bet you. I bet you. I'll I'll only be able to have like a glass or two because I think my tolerance will have gone way yeah, down you, after you will. a whole. After <laughs> I found when when I went nine months without having a drink when my wife was pregnant, I found the first time I had a drink, it was like, oh, this is actually really getting to me. So, yes. Is it? Is yeah. it like, have you ever drunk when you've um, been on a mountain? No. Like up at a high altitude? You get drunk really quickly. Oh. Because it goes straight to your... So maybe it'll be like that. No, the only other time I went up to really high altitude was Canada when I went with the school, but I was about 13, so, oh, so you know. You were staying off the old um, hard stuff then? Yeah, well, it was being passed around. No, it wasn't being passed <laughs> around. No one... Yeah, you'd actually, if people went on my profile, you wouldn't know where I went to school, so there'd be some sort of legal action. <laughs> um, but now I think that's the only time I went to really high altitude. I, but I know I've been very, very drunk, and I've been very, very drunk at the company's Christmas do's that we've had that have been very, very struggled to the next day. Um, the, I, the tales I could tell you of the next day when I woke up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. No way. Yeah, I went to bed about 4 o'clock in the morning, but I slept 12 hours solidly. Uh, Greatest hangover cure, iron brew. Seriously, uh-oh. works an absolute treat. Gets everything going, gets you the energy. Because I think half the time you're sluggish mm. when you're hungover. 
But there's so much sugar in Iron Brew, you sort of, it gives you the get up and go. You're like, I can conquer everything. Not too quick, obviously, because, you know, yeah. everything's still a bit... I think Why sleep are we is... Hangers? I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting... I'm, yeah, maybe it's... Um, it's like people who do CrossFit. They talk about CrossFit. People oh. who are vegetarians always talk about vegetarians. It's people who are not drinking in January always manage to wheel it into the conversation. Yeah, that's sorry, what I'm did, doing. I, no, that's me. It's all I, my fault. Have I, enti- <laughs> have I enticed you by talking about what I drank? <laughs> Probably. It's me. It's me just Can't getting stay in there. strong. There's, there's, there's nine more days. Yeah. There's nine more days I'll to go. Um, we're going to close this section with Claire's What's On What's Just Around. But just before we close, a massive, massive good luck to everyone at the Worcester Wolves. They are playing the BBL Cup final at Arena Birmingham on Sunday. Tip-off, because apparently that's what you call it. Tip-off is at 3.30. Good luck, guys. Bring the trophy home to the city, uh, and you'll be assured of maximum coverage, and hopefully we're talking about that next week. And I've been trying to talk to the Wolves to see if we can get somebody on. Oh, that'd be good. So if we could get them on and perhaps with the trophy next week, fingers crossed. Amazing. Who knows? But we'll try and get them on it anyway at some point to talk about basketball and the growth of it because it's such a popular sport and it attracts so many people to the University of Worcester. So hopefully that's a programming note for the future. Thanks, Claire. We've put the world to right once again on a very mild and cloud, cloudy Wednesday morning. Mild and cloud Wednesday morning. Cloudy. D. I'll learn how to speak by next week, I think. Thank you for listening. If you've got any comments, any thoughts, any contributions, do get in touch. Editor at WorcesterObserver.co.uk, Facebook at Worcester Observer, Twitter at Worcester Obs, and on Instagram, we are Worcester Observer. Are oh, we? Yeah, Worcester Observer. Worcester Observer. I don't know. You see, I'm still at a bit of a technological dinosaur. Worcester Observer on Instagram as well. Don't go on there too much, though. Make sure you put, spend more time on <laughs> We're Facebook. on a big race, aren't we? <laughs> We're in a big race. It's not getting competitive yet. Uh, but from me, Rob George, thank you very much for listening. I think we're done here. Bye-bye. Bye.